0: Blog TALK RADIO Good evening everyone, this is Baseball is Good. My name is Corey Engelhart. I'm the host. This is the 33rd episode uh, of Baseball is Good. And as I speak to you, I am trying to get our guest logged in at the moment. Um, I will make sure he has the right phone number because he is texting me and saying that he isn't getting through. Oh, I think I see the issue. He had the wrong number to call in. So I think we're going to figure it out here and we'll get the show started. Um, I probably screwed up and and typed a wrong number when I gave him the number earlier today. Again, and I think that looks like what the issue is. So we'll we'll get him logged in and signed in and we'll go from there. Um, And then then the show can start. Um, Before I... I, um, before I start the show, I suppose I'll make a quick uh, semi-announcement. Um, last weekend, I purchased the domain to baseballisgood.com through Squarespace, and I'm starting to begin uh, with a quasi-blog website. And I have I had one quick uh, post just last week that I um, – up just saying uh, who I am, and this is about the podcast and the blog, but I'm, I'm finishing up an article that I'm planning to post maybe tomorrow, maybe Saturday, and when that article I've written is posted and live, I'm probably going to just make an announcement on Twitter and Facebook and saying that, hey, I have a, a little website now, and check it out, but I just wanted to make that a quick announcement. I now own the domain baseballisgood.com, and it's kind of exciting to have something I can put a stamp on and try writing. So um, I see without further ado, my guest is logged in, and I'll I'll patch him in, and, and we'll get this show started. Hello, Nate. Are you there?
1: I am here, Corey. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. How about yourself?
1: Doing great. Um, congratulations on getting the domain and everything ready to go. I kind of caught that as I was getting
0: logged in. Thanks. Yeah, it was it was exciting to purchase. It was um not free but not really that expensive in the grand scheme of things if I actually make a point to start using it and writing, but it was fun to do that and I'm I have an article written that I'm just spell checking and crossing the t's and dotting the i's so once i do that i'm gonna get it on there and see see what it feels like um to to write stuff and and put it out into the ether i guess (laughs) yeah very awesome yeah well yeah how about um i'll let you do the introductions um you are nate palmer and how about you say where you're from and and um what you're doing these days i guess (laughs)
1: Yeah, um, yeah. so I'm Nate Palmer, and uh, I am originally from Waseca, uh, Minnesota, which is in south-central Minnesota in that Mankato-Oatana area, and, uh, but currently live in uh, Sparta, Wisconsin, just a little bit over the border past La Crosse, um, if you're on I-90. And uh, so over here, I uh, I get my the real job that I have is I'm a youth and children's pastor at a church. And um, that's kind of my life.
0: That's awesome. I I know lacrosse a little bit. It's beautiful down that way. Um, I I have a cousin whose wife's family lives there. Was it work that brought you that way, or was it family, or or what got you um, to the general lacrosse area?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a little both. Uh, I went to college in Iowa and got my first job out of college in Iowa, and just right in the middle, um, we were a little north of uh, where Iowa State is the name, and sure. um, so my mom's family actually is all from this area. So uh, we were kind of looking to make a move, and and really wanted to be closer to some family, whether it was someone on you know, my wife's side or my side, it just kind of it would have been nice to be nice to be close to family, and and so we saw a position yeah. open up in Sparta, and uh, made the trek this way, and so it, it kind of in a weird way, has been a, a homecoming in many ways just because uh, I didn't realize we end, I ended up being part of one of those, like, kind of that family in a sense. And I didn't realize how many people I was related to in this area. And we just keep <laughs> running into people we're related to. So it's been great. But, I mean, it is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful area. That was I was, yeah. was a little bit of a drive when we first moved up. And I just remember uh, you just look and you could see, even where we're at, we're a little ways from the river area there but you could still see kind of some of the bluffs and stuff and it's just beautiful.
0: Yeah, I, I always get I always kind of forget like when I'm in lacrosse area or even or even like uh northeastern Iowa or southern Wisconsin on that side, it doesn't feel like what I have to imagine most people picture in their head when they think of the Midwest. It's just it's it's a different feel and it's it's something that i think you are lucky to we we all are lucky to have that sort of area to get to and visit or you are lucky to to live in an area like that it's just gorgeous
1: no, i i think you're
0: right it is it's one of those forgotten things for sure yeah okay so i i'm curious uh you you said you were a a youth pastor how how does how does someone get to be the In the type of line of work that you that you are was it was it I'm assuming it's something you went to college for, but like how, how do you apply or, or get connections to to work where you're working now I'm, I'm curious yeah i mean it's, it's one of
1: those funny positions in a sense that as I meet more people who do the same thing I do, everyone has kind of a different path um, and, it, and you know some people I, I did go to school specifically to do uh, kind of youth ministry, youth and children's ministry. That's my degree is in youth and family ministry. And, cool. um, but I know other people that, uh, I was just, we were, my wife and I were actually at a retreat with a bunch of other youth pastors early this week. So there's people there that, um, you know, some, one guy, he was a school counselor for a long time. And I uh, kind of got led out of that and into being a youth pastor as, um, a position started opening up near him and uh, actually the guy who is leaving the position he now has was kind of like, you should apply for it. But um, I know I, it was for me a pretty normal, I think, as far as it goes, is there was a job posting and I, you just send in your resume and apply for it and um, end up going through a process of interviewing and, and different things. So I think they said there's somewhere between 70 or 80 applicants for my position I got narrowed down to, I think it was five, four or five initially, and then down to two for in-face interviews. And then um, the final ended up being the lucky and final person for our position. And um, we just passed uh, the five-year mark of being here. So it's it's kind of been a fun uh, little celebration of that uh, this last month here in January to do that. But, yeah, it's kind of, I think pretty normal path to how a lot of people do it, but I know there's other people that um, have completely different paths into the same position.
0: Well, well, congrats on five years. Like that's, that's something to really hold your head on for, for any position, let alone something that you were really passionate about. That's, that's great. That's awesome. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, so I guess one more, one more quick question, if that's all right, uh, I mislined. Like, what is what is a day like for you? Like a normal, just like a Wednesday during the week. What what is a day like for you at at work? Not Wednesday specifically, but question. like not not a weekend day when maybe there's service or that sort of thing. But what what do you do for a, a regular regular part of your if you what if there is a regular part of your job? What is, what is it like? I guess
1: <laughs> that's exactly the the yeah, I love that question because it's it's so different sometimes. I mean. I'm a creature of habit, so I try to find a rhythm and like some regularity, but it, it rarely works out. Um, I mean, there's I have an office at a church building, and I go there a lot and um, end up doing some reading and, and doing some lesson prepping, uh, that type mm-hmm. of a thing, and uh, also just meeting uh, that I have, one of the, I have a senior pastor that I uh, serve with as well as we have a secretary, so just kind of meeting and Um, you know, just having to make sure we're all on the same page of what's coming up. Uh, Sometimes I'm going out to, you know, lunches and coffees with people and and meeting up that way. Uh, Or, um, I mean, even, like, this is one of the greatest things I love is uh, I can go to, uh, like, the local high school sporting activities and even concerts and plays and musicals, and it's, like, it's technically part of my job because I um, have students that are doing those things, so I just get to really just celebrate what they're able to do um, yeah. Or even to see other that are there supporting their classmates and stuff so uh, it's a lot of different stuff uh, that goes on Wednesday nights that are always super busy because uh, that 's when we do have a lot of our youth and children 's yeah. events going on. Um, so it was kind of funny. you threw Wednesday out that ends up being the most unique <laughs> day of my week.
2: Um, sure. but
1: yeah, just it 's all over the place and but that 's also kind of the the fun part of the of the job is. Uh, There is just a lot of flexibility and different things that happen uh, throughout each day and throughout the week.
0: That's awesome. So uh, I guess when did you, when you were younger than you are now, because we all get older every day, when you were younger than (laughs) you are now, when did you know that this was a line of work you wanted to pursue? Did you know as as a young Nate Palmer that you wanted to uh, like did you wanna be a, a baseball player or an astronaut, or did you know like as a young child that you wanted to be uh in the line of work that you are?
1: Yeah, definitely didn't didn't see this one coming. Um I mean <laughs> probably the first uh serious job I had as a thought was at first I thought like engineer. I was like, I'm I'm pretty I think I'm a pretty smart guy, maybe I can do that. Sure. Um and then I realized that that probably isn't gonna work too well. So I was like, Well, I still like uh, like science and math, I thought I ended up being a science and math, like high school teacher, is what I honestly thought for a long time. Um, but then, uh, it I was just before my junior year, of, junior year of high school, I was at a camp, um, actually at Northwestern uh, College, or not I think it's Northwestern sure. University. They're right there in the Twin Cities area, and they're right there. Mm-hmm. And that was when I realized like uh, this was the position that I was destined for, and. I looked back then over kind of my life and I've had several other people who had, uh, like a former retired pastor, who had said, like I would make a good pastor someday. And i just looked at them like, you're not been true. And, and other <laughs> people within, in churches I've attended, that would say that same thing. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're thinking at all in that. But so it's, it's funny now that I look back and, you know, I had so many people that had said that and, and really spoke that to me. And, and, you know, I kind of pushed it off. And now I'm like, well, here I am. I've, I've been doing this uh, for almost nine years now, um, so it's it's worked really well. I guess <laughs> it's, it's um, been a good fit.
0: Yeah, certain Like nine years like that's a that's a long time to be doing one thing. I just uh, just for me, I, I work in local government. I'm I'm a financial worker, so I help people apply for benefits that they're eligible for and I've been here for about eight years and even not, it, it's a different line of work, but like the majority of people that are coworkers of mine seem to do one position and they maybe change to something else or move somewhere else entirely three, four years after doing something. And, um, nine years, like that's, that's just impressive. So I, I just, I tip my hat to you. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Thanks so It's been, it's as the years, Kind of tick off, I you know, in, in each one passes, I just look at that and think of because I mean the numbers for for youth pastor position aren't aren't pretty. It's like average tenures I've seen anywhere from like nine months to a year and a half, and so okay like when I as soon as you you know hit those milestones, you're just like wow I'm still here. it's a good thing I guess. <laughs> so
2: um, yeah, so
0: celebrate them as they come. Well, yeah, is so is youth pastor is is it something that you can see yourself doing for The rest of your career do you want to be a main pastor like do you have goals along those lines i i I don't know how to compare like what the job would be compared to another job or another line of of um of what you're what you're searching for
1: yeah um i mean right now i'm i'm perfectly i'm really happy like doing what i'm doing In, in reality i look at it and there's a, there's a nature of being a youth pastor that you look at. Um, I mean, I end up doing uh, week-long trips with students and, and weekend conferences with students, and some of those end up being late nights and then, and then even early mornings with them. And eventually you're like, you know, that might just become hard to do as as a family grows and those types of things. So you do kind of look, and um, I really don't know what exactly would be next. Uh, there's kind of the several different places I could see myself going, I think it's just going to be a matter of kind of seeing uh, what ends up coming in front of me at that point, whether, uh, I, I mean, I, I think I could see myself as a senior pastor. I don't know. There's times I don't know if I want to be that at the same time, sure. um, but there's other kind of associate pastor type roles um, that, that would be, I think a good fit for who I am. Um, if nothing else, I just, I like, uh, I like, just trying to help show other youth pastors who are maybe just getting started or earlier on in, in that field and uh, helping them just navigate the waters of what it's like to, to lead students and, that, you know, to take them on trips and to uh, teach them lessons on a Wednesday night or a Sunday or whenever they're doing it. Um, so even if there was something in that direction, I could see that being something kind of career-wise that would end up being a, a good fit for um, kind of who I am.
0: That's awesome. Okay. I, I know this is a baseball podcast, so people that were listening to hopefully get baseball (laughs) information, I apologize, but this is just fascinating to me. Uh, I I have one last question then we can move on if you want, but um, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I went to a couple uh, youth retreats when I was um, back in high school age and that feels like a long time ago now, but um, do you, do you have a favorite, that you've attended, uh, retreat as far as location, um, or, or are there some that like are just really great, uh, like every year or like for me, I, I went, uh, one year to West Virginia and one year to Montana and, and both of them stuck out as just amazing trips for different reasons. And I'm just curious, like if there's a specific location you pick yearly or bi-yearly or, um, is there a favorite memory that you've had so far in, in your role?
1: Yeah, wow. That's, well, every year, um, we – actually, it was just at the beginning of this month, we go to Green Bay. Um, and oh, cool. And it's our denominations district. We That's a youth conference. And I'm, actually, I'm now I'm, <laughs> I've moved into a role that I'm part of the planning of that conference now. Um, but So that's something we do cool. every year, and that's always really great. Uh, we also have uh, been doing a mission trip almost every summer – since I started, the, and I mean, when I was a student too, I did mission trips, and we got—I mean, they're all just so great. We were just in Chattanooga, mm-hmm. Tennessee, this last summer. Uh, I actually was able to oh, turn cool. it a little bit into uh, a baseball post because uh, we had a free <laughs> moment, and so I caught three and a half innings or three and a half innings of the lookouts uh, and got to see Steven Gonzalez start. So that was really cool. Uh, took some my sure. students with, and and just got, you know, kind of got to share. Uh, my passion for baseball, I was clearly the most giddy about being there. They're like, Oh, this is kind of cool, <laughs> but it was clearly me who was the most excited. Um, but yeah, we've been, uh, I'm trying to think of some. I think one of the other good ones, we, we were out in Montana a few summers ago. Um, actually quite a few summers ago, cause it's still when we were at the church we were at in Iowa and, um, that was a real good uh, trip. I remember just, uh, it being kind of a neat, uh, you're, you know, just in a smaller town and, and hanging out around there, helping them out in different ways. And, um, so that was a memorable trip into some of the relationships still. That's a big thing, and that's what I love about what I do is we go on these trips and you just form some unique relationships with students, and, and they end up you know, being really lifelong things. They go off to college, and, and they'll come home, and it's, you know, it's a real homecoming to just be able to see them and, and welcome them home and uh, catch up with them see what's going on in their lives.
0: Yeah that's that's awesome. Yeah to have those connections and those relationships is just I, I I I I wish I could say I completely understand but that's that's got to be amazing. I just uh yeah that thank you for sharing. It it really is it's fun to hear cuz you could, I can hear that you're excited talking about it and that's um that's really really great, I think. So thank you. You're welcome. Well yeah, so uh you kind of mentioned your passion for baseball. I guess we could Segue to talking about baseball. Yeah, I wanted to. Uh, so, tell me why why baseball? Like, I, I I try to ask people I talk with on this on this show, like why why are you interested in the sport of baseball? Like, what got you into liking it when you were younger than you are right now?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I, I have to look back and just like sports in general. It, it's definitely kind of a thing that I, I looked at my family and it's kind of passed. Uh, My grandpa, on my dad's side, he loves sports. Um, He was a professor at South Dakota State and uh, always is going to their games. Um, Before my grandma passed, he and her would always be doing uh, crowd control first aid because my grandma was a first aid. So uh, through my dad and and everything, that's kind of been passed through, just uh, kind of that passion and that joy of of watching sports. Uh, I also think part of it has to start with, uh, just that community I grew up in with Sika just has a like, unique thread of, of sports through it. Uh, I mean, everything from it, it just made kind of at least state news, but Tinklarsen Field, it was where the high school team plays yeah. and they used to have the, it had the fire um, just a couple of summers ago and it had the seats from the old back in there. Um, <laughs> on top of that, there's a gym in town that a guy owns that has an old Minneapolis Laker floor in it. So it's just kind of like the, the history of sports in there not to mention it's it's gene glenn's hometown and so uh actually graduated with gene's son gino um and, <laughs> and so there's this you know kind of a cool. e- mike wapshaw who who writes for vikings.com yeah. graduated from wasica and uh like i was on the cross country team with him and he was a little, graduated uh with his um with his yeah his sister um yeah i got that right there was two families. So I'm trying to make sure I didn't get the cousin mixed in there wrong. Sounds, but, so graduated sure. uh, actually with one of his cousins as well. So it just there's just kind of a unique sports thread uh, kind of in that upbringing. Uh, but baseball really came out. It was kind of uh, – I remember back uh, – so I was born in 87. I'm 31 now. Um, I remember the 91 team because that was when my so – that was the first game I went to. Uh, I remember my dad taking me. And before I went to the game – and I don't know why I remember all these details. It just seems strange because I wouldn't have been very old. But we they were playing the Blue Jays, and before we left, I told my dad, I was like, "You know, Dad, if we get there, if the Blue Jays hit a home run, I'm gonna and we and I catch it. I'm gonna throw the ball back down to Kirby Puckett so we can throw him out at home um, before he scores." I mean, obviously, I didn't understand the game very well at that point. Yeah. but But um, just remember that it was that. What was that old oh, one? Kind of 2001, 2002 team that really. Uh, kind of grab my attention uh, again, and so it would have been just kind of that 8th uh, grade, ninth grade area uh, of school, and um, I think it was just kind of like that first time where you can really kind of latch on to the idea of the game and, and probably sit and pay attention for the whole thing in that one to just kind of be running around, um, but I remember that being, those were the teams that I kind of fell in love with and just uh, really liked um, following and paying attention to them.
0: Sure. So you remember, if I'm doing the math right, you remember being four year old and telling your dad you would throw a home uh, a home run ball back to Kirby. You remember yep. that conversation. Like that's really a cool conversation to have. And actually, I think you said you don't understand the rules. I think as a four year old goes, you un- you understood the rules pretty well in <laughs> in terms of how how a four year old sees the world. I think that's pretty great.
1: I guess when you look at it from that perspective, you're very right, I did.
0: <laughs> yeah, like uh, I, I have three-year-old twin boys and, and um, their their version of baseball is basically swinging anything that could be used as a bat but mostly isn't a bat at like the Christmas tree ornaments and we try to stop them from doing that. So I think your <laughs> version of a four-year-old is a little more in line with what the sport could be described like, I guess. <laughs> Right,
1: I've got a, a two and a half year old, and and we end up with the same thing. Where it's either things as a baseball, or or his other thing is hockey. Um, he likes to. Sure. Um, my wife's family were hockey players, so just picked up on the hockey side of things as well.
0: Cool. Yeah, my my kids they they like sports but it's kinda of sports that they create or or like lately they, they're they're getting a little bigger and a little faster so they just chase the cat around and it's it's a big game to them. <laughs> so maybe they'll move on from that at some point, but it's kinda of fun to watch them and the cat gets scared out of its mind but then they then it just hides somewhere and it's usually all right. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well yeah, I was I was curious, um so I, I, I'm big into uh older box scores and i'm curious if you have like a ticket stub or or a memory of like that specific game that you're talking about like one in 1991 that you attended if you if you know like the date or have researched like that game you attended
1: yeah i i mean that's probably something i should do i, I remember my dad hates crowds so i remember we left <laughs> early so we could beat the crowd okay and i think that sends into myself, like, I, I don't leave games early. I've been to all games. Um, I mean, like, I was at Matt Garza's debut, and it was just an awful game, but I stayed for mm-hmm. all nine innings because I'm, I just, sure. like, I'm, like, I paid for the ticket. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to watch the whole game. But so we, I remember we left early. Um, I'm, I'm okay. pretty sure the Twins won. I can't remember score necessarily um,
0: or anything like that, but I just, yeah, I just remembered. I'm pretty sure they won. Okay. But it was Toronto, like, that kind of narrows it down. In 1991, Toronto in the regular season didn't play at Minnesota as much as, as say, Milwaukee did, or Chicago did, or Detroit did. Like it's only a few uh, weekends throughout the year that they would have played. I'm just, it'd be right. fun, to, fun to hear like if you found a ticket stub or, or figured out which day it was, what that what that game looked like, and see if anything else jogged your memory.
1: No, definitely,
0: I wouldn't. Be. So, yeah, maybe that can be another post at some point.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: See if Kirby did actually catch a home run and throw it back, or something. Who knows? <laughs> or you did. <laughs> <I>
2: think,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So you mentioned. I'm guessing. I guess I I shouldn't assume, but like, I I I've had a a theory for a long time that the players you grew up when you were when people were between about twelve and seventeen years old were the greatest players that ever played the game. And I'm curious if that holds true. If if like your favorite players that you've ever followed, um who who are do you have favorite players that are around that age or or is that something that you're that you're gonna prove me wrong, I guess, when you have favorite players <laughs> from before you were twelve or after you turned seventeen? Yeah. You know
1: I, I still think I, I will in a sense I will, um but I also affirm I think your thought I I still think <laughs> my favorite twin and I'm weird whenever it comes to sports figures is for whatever reason, I, I'm like, I'm not going to pick the star as my favorite player. Um, and I don't know, I think it, it's probably just the fact that I, I've never been athletically like the dominating type. I mean, actually as a kid, I was awful at baseball. Like I, there's, <laughs> I had no place on a baseball field. So it's really funny that I love uh, to watch baseball and follow baseball and write about baseball it's in that sense. But, Denard's fan has always stood out as one of my favorite players. Um, um, And and it's kind of funny, it it trickled over, I did a Thanksgiving service and I I gave a little bit of a message to this, but about him being my favorite player, but there's something just about (laughs) the way he approached the plate. And it was just like, nothing was ever going to rattle him. He was just calm. He went up there. He always, you know, looked at every pitch and it just, um, even though he may not, he'll never go down as one of the best players ever, or even one of the best twins ever. It was just, I just really enjoyed watching him. Um, but I did realize lately as I've I've been going through some series of just trying to look at some of the position groups throughout Twins history, and even, like, I started thinking about the Johan Santana and all of same stuff. And I started, like, players started popping up that I just started having this, like, this real draw to emotion. Like, even just thinking about like, Johan Santana going off with the ballot, I'm like, that's a, sure. a justice almost. And I, and I really don't even care. I usually don't care about the Hall of Fame, but I'm just kind of like, oh, whatever, it's, it's a thing, and, mm-hmm. and there it went. But, you know, I started, and even, like, Corey Koski just felt like this, again, like this emotional draw to Corey Koski and, and who he was as a player. And um, so kind of seeing that. Um, the weirdest one was, as I was going through, something clicked in me and about Pedro Munoz. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why what, what it was, but I'm like, just like good good memories seem to come up, and I didn't have a specific memory, but I'm like, there's something obviously about Pedro Munoz that I liked, <laughs> even though I mean he still <laughs> falls into that category. Of definitely someone who's not even going to go down one of the greatest twins, but uh, I mean ultimately, if I if I picked a player, it would be Nard's Um But just to give a sense of kind of those guys, that I end up being drawn to. I I unfortunately have been the owner of an Alexi casilla Casia uh, um, so that kind of uh, kind of gives an idea of sometimes my my poor choice and players and and who I support, but um,
0: yeah. Well, there are worse, there are much worse jerseys to own, especially um, in Twins lore. Or a lot of Casilla uh, had the hit in Game One Sixty Three, and not everybody can say they had that. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. say you should be embarrassed about owning something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. Uh, I, I'm, so you, you mentioned writing, I guess, a little bit, and that's that's how I got to know who you were and and have heard of your name because we haven't met in person in, in in real life. But I was curious how you got to be able to write about baseball and write about sports and how you got connected to Puckett's Pond, where you where you are a, a contributor.
1: Yeah. Um I, I I gave a stab at it first like eight years ago. It was shortly after I graduated college and I kinda just I think it was just like um I don't I can't remember, but just one of the many places you could start a blog then and uh just it started writing and I got like five posts in and, and I kind of just was like, If I'm gonna write I, I feel like I maybe should be writing about something other than baseball, like something that went along with my career. So I kind of stopped um doing that for a little while, but as as I kinda went through uh through time and everything, you know, I, I just keep talking about baseball and just didn't really have anyone to talk to about baseball except my wife and she's great that she puts up with me and she tries to, um, <laughs> she does a good job of actually tracking with a lot of the stuff. But I know that there's a point where it's just like, um, all right, I need him to go talk to someone else for a little bit about this, um, just someone who can really talk back to him. So that was uh, last <laughs> spring. I kind of just, again, had the itch. I'm like, I just, I need to, to write just to have conversations with people about, about baseball again, and um, so that's when I just kind of started looking again at the options, and I remember initially I, I just put something in. I went ahead and I had my account at Twins Daily, so I first started there, and I put a post just about uh, how I'm, I'm just an optimist, and I, that's how I was entering this last season was allowing uh, a Felsey and Levine to kind of take the season to, to figure out what's going on, and, and I was be optimistic about that. Uh, and then shortly after I put that up, I saw that Puckett's Pond was looking for people to write there. And so I uh, just kind of started that process and ended up uh, moving over there um, and and just have kind of found a home there, uh, being able to write and, and post regularly and uh, just make that a part. It was kind of like instead of just reading about baseball now and just adding this writing piece into it uh, as I read and, and think of different ideas or, uh, Want to share an opinion about something that's going on with the
0: game? Sure. Well, I'm I'm curious as as someone that writes, and I enjoy your writing. And I've I've um, before calling into this podcast, I, I I read some of your recent articles just to get caught up. But uh, how tell me about your process for writing about uh, baseball? Like what what goes into you creating this? article that you put out I guess
1: yeah um, I mean often, sometimes it's just like that hardest thing is just what's the idea like where what is something that you're going to find worth writing about because sometimes you don't want to write about what everyone else is writing about on every other twin site it's like well they've already written about it and so you don't want to just be um, pulling from stuff they're doing but sometimes if there's no I mean you're just going to overlap and that's just the reality of of just having a limited amount of things to write about and especially right now when we're kind of we all feel like we're in this uh, kind of this non-existent off season almost for the last month or whatever it's been um, but so you just kind of I, I grab an idea and usually I just kind of have to sit on it for a while and just think through some of the ideas and then start doing some research and just whether it's you know helping on baseball reference or fan graphs or something else or even Um, you know, sometimes you do just look to see what do some of the guys that have access to the team, what are they finding out and what are they learning um, about a specific thing? Or uh, sometimes you just have to go completely off of the baseball grid and and find something completely – sometimes those end up being fun articles. Actually, one of the most fun things I've written has been – and I can't remember what spurred this idea, but the whole article is just kind of like how – how great of a field really Target Field is and the place it holds just as a stadium at this point. And so going Mm -hmm. on and just looking at all the awards that Target Field has and the innovation that went into the field, oh, it had to do with the partnership that they're now going to have between that and the new Minnesota United Stadium um, when they announced that. And just, you know, so that ended up going in a completely different direction uh, as far as research. But just And then kind of just blowing it down and, and figuring out uh, you know is, is there a big opinion to have on this or just something neat that stood out uh, that you want to make sure uh, that uh, those who are reading can can also see that you were able to see that um, and maybe they didn't see it because they weren't poring over uh, box scores and stats and different things
0: <laughs> well yeah i i i yeah, I apologize in advance for right now, but i didn't I didn't properly introduce you as far as uh, Baseball fans are concerned. If uh, we'll do it probably one more time before the end of the show, but if people are wanting to connect with you on on Twitter and and talk baseball, what is what is your Twitter handle so people can can discuss with you?
1: Yeah, and so my personal Twitter handle is um, it's at Palmer the so letter N the number two twins. Uh, obviously, it's just kind of a play on words there, Palmer into twins, um, but <laughs> yes, and then. Also, if you, or if you follow uh, the on Twitter handle as well, you'd be able to um, see that. And that's just uh, – I better double-check to make sure I say right. I'm pretty sure it's just at, Puckets, yeah, just at PucketsCon um, as well, not to mention you'll get to catch a little bit of a gem and Benjamin Chase, who I get to have the privilege of writing with as well um, over there.
0: Yeah, he's. Yeah, I like Ben. I've I've talked to him on a, a few occasions. He's really nice, and um, I actually inter- interviewed him on this show. Uh, I think three or four months ago. It's kind of interesting because that night he still jokes about it a little bit whenever we're chatting. But um, I scheduled him to be on the show like a few weeks before he came on, and the day that he was on, um, the the Braves cha- traded. Jaime Garcia to the twins. So he he was really excited for that deal to happen, uh, partly because he was a twins writer with Puckets Pond and also because he had written for some Atlanta blogs prior to working for or writing for the twins blog. So he was really excited to have that connection and and talk about that. And that was a blast. And uh, part of me was a little bit um, also then, I don't know if let down is the right word, but free agency this year just hasn't – there hasn't really been any major moves uh, to speak of other than a few over the last couple weeks Um, and then all the relievers, but I was kind of hoping speaking to somebody else with Puckett's Pond could get the Twins to sign somebody today, and and that just hasn't happened yet, so I don't know how to compare.
1: Yeah, if anything, we're just hearing more bad kind of leaks out there that just things might not be going in the Twins'
0: direction, which is kind of unfortunate. Sure. Well, I, I wanted to get your thoughts maybe on the off season because the the last article that's listed under, um, when I go to your name on Puckett's Pond is that you think the twins need a right-handed bat, but I wanted to get your thoughts maybe on that article and or what else the twins should be doing this off season. Yeah. So that one,
1: that was actually, that's a kind of a, I just, I try to gather some links every once in a while because ultimately I'm still a fan, um, I got interested in writing because I used to bounce around and I, you know, I'd go to each of the twins daily sites when they had or twin dailies guys sites and they had their own individual Mm -hmm. sites and, you know, all these, you know, whoever else. And um, so that's just kind of a collection of that. So that's referring to Seth Joe's article that he had put together about uh, kind of who is available and and who maybe um, would the twins, um, who could they be interested in that one? Um, Sure. I mean, I think it would be I, – I wouldn't mind definitely a right-handed bat to come in, uh, whether it's in you know, kind of a, a Napoli. I always, I don't know what it is. I've always thought it would be nice um, to have someone who could really play some of the outfield positions a little bit. But, I don't know, it's hard to argue with Grossman at 2000000 million. They'd really be too worried about mm-hmm. picking him out of town, even though he'd like a little more pop out of that spot. Um, but at the same time, kind of from a big picture standpoint, uh, I mean, they might be okay just kind of seeing what's happening. And, you know, if, if it ends up being kind of a trade deadline move later to, you know, Grossman's not working, Vargas is, is completely toast at that point, or whoever else it might be, or maybe is just not working out either, um, then that happens. But, I mean, ultimately, I think if it's, Starvish it's is at the top of that list and uh, just would love to, you know, within the right framework of money and, and years for that to happen. There's obviously a place where we know if you threw seven years and 200 plus million, he'd sign probably in a heartbeat for that. Um, mm-hmm. But that just would be just not a smart move, but uh, just, and I think it just comes down to that. Something needs to happen in that starting rotation uh, just to bolster that a little bit and, and not be relying so much, on some of the guys coming up or someone mm-hmm. really taking a step forward that hasn't yet. But, but I mean, to this point, love the bullpen moves. I just think uh, you just look at what else has happened in those signings. And it's, it's hard not to be excited about some of those things. And um, kind of, I, I guess I'd never realized exactly some of the really good things that Addison Reed has been doing over the last several seasons. And so to really mm-hmm. look at that and to see like, man, he's, I mean, he's just someone I hadn't realized was pitching as well as he was. So that was uh, kind of neat to, even that happened to see that and just to see um, really how good of a signing that was and, and how lucky he is by waiting that out and being able to strike at the
0: right time. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all the points of the players that we should look at. Um, I think if there was a, to go back to the right-handed hitter, I think if there was a, fourth outfielder type that could feel better than Grossman and hit lefties well with maybe a little power. Um, that would be the perfect type of of, person to to shoot for. Um, I know Seth Stowe on his recent podcast mentioned how Zach Granite historically hits lefties even better than righties, which is, is unique yeah. because he's a left-handed hitter. So I kind of feel like defensively he might be the – fourth outfield fielder even though Kepler and Rosario already hit left-handed but um if they could find somebody who's a better fielder than Grossman and could hit with a little more power than than Grossman provides I I think that'd be a great addition I just don't know I'm kind of with you like I don't know if the money is going to be thrown in that direction even though before the off season started I I was kind of kind of hoping for Carlos Santana, even though he wasn't going to play the outfield. But that was just, uh, I know it was a pipe dream at the time. (laughs) But that's how I was leaning. You mentioned Darvish, and he is somebody that I've wanted the entire time off season two, partly for him being better than anybody else available, and partly because he didn't involve losing draft picks or trading prospects. But uh, if he isn't going to Sign It certainly seems like they could be in on one of the other three bigger name free agent starters is that who do you think they pivot to if and when Darvish signs with the Cubs or the Dodgers or the Yankees or basically anybody other than Minnesota if that happens right
1: I mean I don't have a good pulse on where they would pivot i would I would go for Cobb. that's just kind of been my personal opinion um, and maybe that I'm clouded just by. I don't know, I would feel like I, re- I realize sometimes like my fantasy baseball uh, interactions mm-hmm. have sometimes plows with my judgment at times. Um, but I think, I think, uh, I mean, hes he has on that injury past, but if he's, it seems like he's coming out of it and uh, if he's just able to keep building on that, plus he was good and solid to begin with. So if he's just able to keep building uh, his arm strength back up um, or whatever is kind of scaling, you know, it's still kind of last step of recovery. Um, just that's, that would be out of those three, the, the one I would like to see them go after. and Arietta I mean, pitching forms would totally fine. Um, even though there's, I mean, there's signs of regression there. Uh, but I just, I just don't like the contract with him at all. Uh, the thoughts of that, um, being on the books and, and that worry of that regression as well. So yeah, cop would be my pick.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I can't really argue that. I know Lynn has uh, potentially a healthier shoulder, but Lynn also hasn't had to face Chris Davis, among others, um, in the AL East every every year. Instead, he's faced pitchers. So just as a track record, I'm kind of with you. I like Alex Cobb's history a little bit more, if they're going to go for somebody other than Darvish. And I'm, I'm curious what will happen because spring training and, and – pitchers and catchers report is less than two weeks now for the majority of teams. So I almost feel like we're running out of time for players to sign deals and, and get to camp. Like it's happening fairly soon. And that's why this offseason is so unique in, in many ways.
1: Yeah, exactly. I know. I, I think was, uh, John Heyman had just tweeted, you know, he's keeping his track on his, Uh, all-free agent team, and he's like, if you put that together, it's like the top in the top three of teams in the major leagues right now, and it's not even a real team, (laughs) but you just look at all the guys that are out there, and it's just incredible to see uh, just the names and and numbers that are still looking for a place to call home for this next season.
0: Sure, And, and I've looked at free agency as the most likely path for a while, at least for Minnesota, to add pitching, but if if they were to come to uh, an idea of trading for a, a pitcher, I, I feel like that could be something that maybe happens more at the trade deadline. Um, but I know some writers locally have thought, and, and when I say that, I, I mean mostly like Darren Wolfson of KSTP has said for a while until the last few weeks that he thought a trade was more likely. And I, I don't know mm-hmm. where you stand on that. If you, if you would rather look at in terms of trading for, somebody who has a couple or four years of control compared to free agency, where would you lean in terms of trying to hand out a lot of money to a pitcher compared to trading whatever prospects would need for acquiring? I don't, I don't know if a Chris Archer is likely because I feel like he's not going to be moved, but it, are there pitchers you would try to trade prospects for who you would like more than, say, Alex Cobb or Lance Lynn? Like I think of like a Jake or rizzy as as somebody that could be potentially had and not have to give up all of your top five prospects that could be right. as good or better than say, Lance Lynn. Maybe if they were wanting to go that route.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think when you get down to that, you're. I don't know. Rather, just sign a free agent. I think even. Um, just, Although I'm not opposed to the trade, because the Twins are at a spot where they're so deep in that middle group of prospects that it's they're really kind of they're kind of ready to do something, whether it's at that trade deadline or whatever. I mean, Archer is obviously the, the one that most people will want, um, and and I guess if you could get him, that'd be great. And I think he'd probably be worth uh, almost any package at this point. Uh, just because especially looking at what the Twins have for prospects, it's going to be a lot of position players. I mean, you're going to have to give up um, a Gonzalez or a Romero or someone along those lines from a pitching standpoint, but kind of, you know, Archer's going to come in and fill that role essentially anyways. Um, Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Cole's moved, and so that kind of eliminates one of them. I I mean, I think Odorizzi's a fine pitcher, but I wouldn't want to give up a whole lot for him. Um, I mean... I guess it, it, you know it's always like it depends on where you're giving up, but I do think that the Twins are in a spot where uh, kind of both the free agent and, and trade market totally okay if they did something in both arenas uh, and mm-hmm. um, and kind of if, if they see this this season next season as kind of their window to to maybe make a run at a World Series, uh, I mean that's go for it, you know, and uh, that's. Obviously, those guys that have the front office job, they know exactly kind of how exactly our prospects are doing in some of those areas and how other teams are doing. They're able to look at it with a different lens than we are. Um, but I just it, it seems like we're on that, um, on that cusp that it's kind of that time to start seeing what could happen, whether it's now or, like you said, trade deadline, um, middle season, as we see what kind of the beginning of 2018 looks like.
0: Yeah, and I, I almost think, like, if you're a pitcher on a free agent deal, I have to think the Twins would be fairly attractive for the money that they have available and for the defense, that, especially if you're a fly ball pitcher that the outfield can provide. I, I think that would have to look pretty good for a lot of guys who maybe would be uh, comparing what Minnesota would offer to uh, – other teams that are looking in free agency because not every team is. There are teams that are clearly trying to rebuild. And then there are other teams that, if you're looking like the Dodgers or the Yankees, are maybe looking uh, at a different caliber of player and money than the Twins are. So if they're looking at like a Alex Cobb, that might be a perfect fit for him where he can uh, show he's back and healthy and able to provide innings, but also Byron Buxton and Max Kepler can go and catch some of the fly balls in the outfield that other defenses and outfields might not be able to get to.
1: I mean, who wouldn't love to have Byron Buxton behind them as a pitcher? (laughs) How many times did we see the the replays and the close-ups on one of our pitchers just being like, wow, thank you, whatever the response was? Um, Because the rest of us, they're watching this and they're just, you know, I'm sure they see the trajectory off the bat and they're like, oh, I'm done. Like, they're going to be mm-hmm. probably because that's going to be a bunch of runs. <laughs> but then all of a sudden I turn around and here's Buxton flying across the green and, and grabbing it
2: for him. Yeah,
0: Exactly. I think it was Aaron Gleeman and I love his, I love his work, but um, he, he put a, a GIF. I don't know if I'm seeing even that term, right? I think GIF is a term <laughs> of just Kyle Gibson throughout the year watching Byron Buxton in the outfield, just <laughs> his facial Reactions to it, and it was really just outstanding. Like the pure joy on Gibson's face because giving up a probably should have been double and turning it into an out more than yep. a few times last year is just. It was. It's fun to watch the reactions of people also being humans and <laughs> experience that. Like we all are watching on the TV and cheering. Yeah. No. Exactly.
1: It is a great time to see them be people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 one of the reasons i like I like baseball uh one of the many reasons I like baseball more than some other sports because you you do have uh, football is at a disadvantage because the players who are playing always are wearing helmets so you can't see their reactions in 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 many cases until somebody scores a touchdown and takes their helmet off but baseball's nice because you get to react in real time to what the players are seeing and reacting uh just raw emotion, and, and it's really interesting to follow that way and have that connection.
1: Yeah, I definitely totally agree.
0: So yeah, I I, um, I I guess I had a couple other questions about your writing and how you got into it. But the I, one question: if if somebody is learning to write, and I'm mostly asking this for me, but let's 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 paint it as a picture of somebody that's like a Nine year, nine or ten year old kid who wants to become a, a writer or a fan or involved with uh, a sport. What what type of advice would you give? That's,
1: I mean, one of the big things is if if you're passionate about it and you, um, you know, you know, like for you is just wanted to have those conversations. Uh, just kind of go for it. I mean, just. You just don't know what's gonna happen, and, and and the bad thing is we're always our worst, you know, critic, or we you know we always have the voices off in our heads that um, just like so I'm not gonna be able to do that, or I'm not I'm, I'm not a good writer, whatever it might be. Um, but just to to start, start looking at whatever you find interesting and and see what um, might come of it. I know one of the things that as I write at Puckett's Pond is uh, I know. I, I love analytics. I love reading the guys that are good at it. But I'm like I probably don't have a very good handle on it. So I'll throw it in here and there. Um but it's like really I I'm, I'm a fan and I just I'm gonna be a fan even as I write it and I just maybe I look at it with a different perspective than uh some other fans do just because I I maybe pay more attention than I should at times to it, but uh that's that's just I'm that's who I am. So I'm just gonna be uh who I am in that sense. So uh, I mean, I, I we, we shared privately a little bit, Like my writing background isn't great. I kind of got trashed for a lot of my writing in the academic world. And so that I still have to fight that sometimes as I'm writing, like, is it even going to be good? Um, is anyone going to read it? In, 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 am I putting commas in the right place or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, and I still might not be doing all those things, um, but it's just, you know, people are obviously, um, some people are still reading it and, um, so it's it's enjoyable to be able to to do that and and have those conversations, whether it's on Twitter or on a you know kind of the bottom of the comments, and uh, just yeah. So I guess that's it. Just figure out who you think you are in doing that. Find kind of where uh, you find a passion for whatever you're going to end up writing for, and, and just kind of go for it and see see what happens. And uh, I know, like you said, as you start the baseball writing side of things you're going to give it a shot and, and maybe it doesn't work, but at least you can say like at the end of the day, I, I gave this a shot and, and I tried it and, um, and and you'll be able to learn something from that or have some conversations from it, whatever it might be.
0: Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, it's good advice. And I know like anything in life, really, you have to give it an honest shot to see if it's something you, if it's something you feel like you want to do, giving it an honest shot is probably the, the best way to go about it, but I, I appreciate that advice and um I know people listening if they're if they're wanting to get involved and do something for something they're passionate about, they absolutely should and um, you won't know that you are great at something or terrible at it or just not right for it until you try. And if you try something and give it an honor separate, then then you'll know one way or the other. Yeah. I have one last question it's not baseball related at all but um you said you have an two, a two and a half year old and I was just curious because my kids they're they're recently three so just a little bit older but they're starting to um, crawl out of their cribs and not sleep all that well at night and um, <laughs> I was curious if you have had issues with that if you if you have any advice for uh parents of of younger children who are maybe learning to be Come older children,
1: yeah, I mean, I wish I had something really good. We I guess unfortunately for this question, have been blessed with just a really good first child uh we worry so we're actually we're expecting our second here this summer, um so we worry oh, like congrats. that's going to change, thanks, uh, but we're worried that's going to change so like right now he's he's really good, just we kind of <laughs> he's always been one that. Wants to lay in in his crib or his bed and just stay there, and he goes to sleep, and he's usually pretty good for the most part. Um, he was never like a baby that you could cuddle to sleep completely. You basically keep kind of start dozing off, and eventually you just have to go lay him down. Um, so I wish I had <laughs> something really good to say um, about that, but been really lucky in that sense.
0: Well, congrats and and good luck for later this summer. Hopefully everything goes well and everybody's doing okay. Like that's. That's pretty exciting on its own front, so you have a lot to look forward to and uh good luck. I guess.
1: Yeah, no, we're we're definitely looking forward to it, even if we, we worry that kind of that really good first child thing is gonna run out on us. <laughs> um <laughs> and and that kind of side of thing. But it I, it's gonna be a blast. I know that for sure. We're looking forward to it. Um mm-hmm. it's for just how it's all gonna unfold mm-hmm. here.
0: Sure, I'm sure it'll be great. Like there's really not a lot to worry about and frankly because he's had that experience of parenting one one child so far. It can't be I mean, every every child is different, I shouldn't say it like that, but like you have some experience as a parent now where prior to your first child you had zero experience. So now at least you know some signs to look forward to. So it might be maybe in your parenting sense it might be you might feel a little more confident because you've sort of done it already.
1: I, I sure, I really hope that's the case Like I mean, well, uh, and we we've been wondering, um, no signs yet, but there's the the twins runs through my wife's family, so we've been waiting for that reality to hit us. So maybe someday, if it does, I might be calling you up and and asking for some advice in, in that realm.
0: Sure, yeah, let me know if you have any questions. Uh, three-year-old twins are, um, they're very different now, <laughs> very different personality and extremely different, but they still. They look similar, so sometimes if they're turned around or like my wife just gave them haircuts the other day, so um, we were both remarking that they it's a little bit harder to tell them apart, just not for personality or voice or laugh or anything, but when you're just looking at them from a distance, you kind of have to say, I know which one's which, right? (laughs) That sort of thing. But they're they're pretty... they're, when you're up close, you can you can I can tell them apart because I'm around them like all the time. But I, I get why sometimes people ask, "Hey, which one's which?" sort of thing. But yep. they're pretty great.
1: Well, <laughs> I probably would definitely make that mistake a lot. Just I, I did something a lot lately that I never thought I would do, and I know it was just out of being tired or what. But definitely would refer either to our son as the dog or our dog as the son, as our son. And I just, like, I thought that was something I would never do as a parent, and I've done it several times over these last several weeks, so um, I can't imagine what they actually look alike, how that might come across.
0: Yeah, no, um, being tired, I think sleep exhaustion can make every anyone do a lot of things that you never imagined you would do uh, younger in life, so good good luck to you ongoing and later this year. I'm sure everything will be fine, but... Um, uh, If you need any advice or any questions, please reach out. I'm sure I can impart anything I know, which is not really – I wouldn't call myself myself an expert either, but I've (laughs) I've been there. So I could help with that, if anything. So good luck on that front. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Well, okay, so um, it's been about an hour. I appreciate your time, and I would love to chat again sometime. But before we go, if you could give – uh, your name and your Twitter handle one more time in case people are trying to contact you and, and talk, talk baseball or talk um, uh, being a youth pastor or any anything that they want to chat with you about.
1: Yeah, uh, so Nate Palmer and it's at Palmer, letter N, the number two,
0: twins. Um,
1: or I think if you probably search Nate Palmer, you pop up somewhere in there and right at Pucket so you can
0: even find it through that avenue as well if you just kind of went and checked that out. Alright. Well yeah, I, I appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on. Um it was really fun to chat. I had a great time.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Corey. I was really I enjoyed it as well. This is a great hour.
0: Yeah, it was fun. So yeah. Um let's let's talk again soon and when and if the twins actually sign somebody we'll have um something to chat about at that point as well.
1: <laughs> that
0: would be really nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, um, I'll I'll let you go. Thank you for tonight. I hope you have a good night and and sleep well. It's getting late for parents of young kids, but um, (laughs) thank you for your time. And uh, once again, this is Baseball is Good, and I hope you have a good night.